All right. Good morning again, everyone. Great to see each and every one of you. I have a wonderful announcement. If uh, Liz will come on up, uh, we continue to grow and progress here, and we want to continue to uh, um, to get all the folks in the right positions that we want to have to move mercy forward. And so I'd like to announce to you that I've hired the wonderful Liz Minnie as my direct assistant. <laughs> I'm so excited to have Liz on board. Um, just this, I mean, she just started on Tuesday, and my life is already easier. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. Uh, so she's really, no, don't, don't run away yet. I don't, I'm sorry to put you in the spotlight. I, I just want to pray for you. It is, you, you see what I go through now. So, so we're, we're so grateful to God for sending us uh, Liz, and she's been a faithful member of this church for years, um, but um, God just uh, highlighted her uh, through Jesse, and Jesse said, you got to get Liz, you got to get Liz to help us out, and so we're so grateful to God uh, that she's here, and we're looking forward to uh, higher heights and deeper depths uh, as she joins our team. So I want to pray for her. Would you help me out? Would you reach up here uh, as if you're laying hands on her and... Um, from a distance, and we'll ask God's blessing on, on Liz. So, Holy Spirit, would you come? Yeah, Father, I want to thank you for, um, I thank you for Liz, I thank you for her family, for the love that they have here uh, at Mercy, love of this church. God, I'm so grateful for um, this power of your Holy Spirit that is just uh, moving through this church. And this week, God, you've really shown your light that you have some great things ahead for mercy. I thank you for uh, how you're using Liz, and I pray that you would empower her, that you would uh, rest on her, that you would move through her, that people's lives would be transformed because of the ministry and how she's serving here at Mercy. Bless this body, this church, because of her love. We give you all the praise, Jesus. Amen. Bless you, Liz. Thank you. We are so grateful to God for what he is up to. Now, we are starting a new series today, Like Jesus, Like Jesus, as you've heard. I'm not going to sing the Like Mike song. I'll let Leo do that on his week when he preaches. Um, but... Uh, we are starting like Jesus, like Jesus. I think that God has ordained this uh, message series uh, to be a perfect message series to piggyback off of our previous series. You know, if you've been here over the last uh, three weeks, you know that we've been discussing deconstruction and reconstruction, right? Well, some of us have been deconstructing our faith, and some of us are in a place where we are actually reconstructing, rebuilding, reconfiguring this thing called Christianity. We know we love Jesus, but we don't like the package deal that we've been given. We, we don't like that, that Jesus has been put in this box of politics and of uh, uh, culture and of all of this kind of stuff. And now we have to divide out what's good and what's really bad. What should we keep and what should we hold on to? Because Jesus is worth keeping. 
I don't know if you've gotten to that place yet, but I'm at that place where I know in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is worth holding on to. And we want to continue to grow in him. And we want to continue to shed those pounds, those things, that excess that is not relative to our discipleship or growth in Jesus. So today we want to reconstruct our faith by starting on a firm foundation, a firm foundation that will help us to flourish. And that foundation is in Jesus Christ. We want to look at uh, the life of Jesus. We want to look at the actions of Jesus. We want to look at the ministry of Jesus and find out for ourselves how we can be more like Jesus. I think that that's important, that we become more and more like Jesus. So let me pray, and then we'll get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you move in a mighty way? Would you transform my words, translate them into uh, the words that each and every person here needs to hear? Holy Spirit, we know that you you can use words to move mountains. You can use words to transform lives. You can use words to deliver. You can use words to excel. You can use words to save. And so God... Move in this moment. In your name we pray. Amen. How many of you are perfect? You you got it all together? Oh, okay. A couple couple vain people in the house. I see you. I need to spend some time at your house and learn the, the ways of perfection. But maybe some of you, the majority of you, didn't raise your hand. Thank you for your honesty and for your humility. Uh, some of you are like me, you make mistakes. Some of you have fallen short. Some of you, like me, uh, uh, continuously make the same mistake over and over again. Oh, how did I do that again? My wife will remind me. I love you, Lakita. I used to be an audio engineer. I'm retired. Retired audio engineer. Y'all laughing. But I used to be an audio engineer. I started out doing live sound at my church. That's where the career started. And then I went to school for audio engineering. And then I started going into the studio. And I've been recording for years, recorded a lot of stuff. One day I got a call from a higher-end client that hired me to be the engineer for a project that he was working on. So I traveled and I went uh, to his studio and I worked on this project. And my skills, my skills were so, so wonderful. They were, they were top-notch that I wowed my client. Like They were like, oh my gosh, you're really good at what you're doing. And, and I was like, oh yeah, I, I've been doing this for years, you know. How vain am I? And so I, I'm working on this project. I'm doing all of this stuff. And, and so he, he asked me, will you mix a couple of tracks from this album? And see, I was the recording engineer. That's what I was hired for. And then the mixing engineer takes the, 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 the package and makes it sound good for when you want to listen to it on CD or MP3 or whatever you're listening to streaming now. 
And so I said, yeah, I'll mix those songs. I, I took those files back to my home studio and put them in Pro Tools, and I'm mixing, and I thought it sounded good. And, and then I, I sent the song out, one of the songs out to my client, and he immediately called me back, and he said, man, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? I mixed that song, man. It sounds good. He said, no, that sounds like some 1980s South African pop. And I said, I don't even know what 1980s South African pop sounds like. And he was like, this is horrible. This is terrible. This is not what I want my music to sound like. And I was horrified. I was embarrassed. I, I felt uh, uh, shut down. I felt like... Uh, Man, I, I was inadequate. I felt like I was disqualified. I, I felt like all these years I've invested in my skill, man. I've never had somebody really tear me down and tear my skill down in that way. I, I never felt so low from something that I knew or that I could do, something that I knew that I was good at. He went on and hired another mixing engineer uh, to finish out the album. Uh, I still got credits on the album. He, you know, I was the audio engineer, so my name is still on the album. But uh, th that's hard. That's hard to put your best foot forward and to be rejected. Or to feel like you're not good enough. But I learned in that situation, when I finally got over myself... When I finally came to my senses that there are some areas in my life that I could work on. I realized from that situation that I didn't have it all together. I hadn't reached perfection. That there's some areas in my life and hopefully that you realize in your life that you have not made it to the pinnacle yet. That, that there's still some areas that I need to work on. There's always room for growth in our lives. There's always room for our expansion, for our progress, for our forward motion. And I believe the Lord wants us to be more like his son, which is perfection. We have something to aim for, and we want to talk about that today. But lest you think that your salvation comes from earning it. And let me let you know that Romans chapter 15 verse 7, it tells us that therefore accept one another just as Christ also accepted you. How did Jesus accept you? Just the way you are. You didn't have to perform in order for Jesus to accept you. You never have to reach a standard in order for Jesus to love you. You never have to jump through some hoops or, or do some rolls or whatever. I don't know what you got to do, but you ain't got to do it. Whatever you think you have to do to earn Jesus' love, you, you, you're thinking in the wrong ballpark. Jesus loves you because you are his creation. Jesus loves you because he formed you in his own image. You look like him, but he wants you to start acting like him. He loves you so much, even if you're far away from him. But the first step in our journey with Jesus is to accept that love. 
You say, yes, thank you for loving me, Jesus. I know you created me in your image after your likeness. And, and, and yeah, I'm not perfect, but I can be in relationship with you just because I am. Now, that's the first step. And some churches that I've been a part of, visited, and all that kind of stuff, a lot of preachers, they say, and that's the end all be all. Come to Jesus and your life will be uh, good. Come to Jesus, you get a new car. Come to Jesus, you get some money in your pocket. Come to Jesus and all your troubles will be gone. Guess what? Run from those folk. They're what you call um, liars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the right word. Because <laughs> Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. Jesus had some trouble. I don't know if y'all know a lot about Jesus, but Jesus had some trouble. But, but, but listen, it's, he wants you to be in this relationship with him. But next, he wants you to grow to be more like him. He wants each and every one of us to progress, not to regress, not even to be stagnant in our spiritual growth, in our relationship with him. He always wants us to move forward. The word progress means little by little, step by step. It means one foot in front of the other. And we need to progress in our relationship with Jesus. Today's text, Luke chapter number 6 verse number 40. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them up. I would love for you, if you had your own Bible, to go to this verse and highlight it. If you uh, don't have a Bible, but if you have the scriptures on your phone, I'd love for you to open that up on your phone so you can highlight it because we're going to revisit this text often throughout this series, all right? This is foundational in our understanding of how to be like Jesus. If I could be like Jesus. Luke chapter 6 verse 40 says, A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. So today I want to preach, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. There are three questions that I want to ask today. And answer. Three questions that we'll ask and answer today. The first question is this Why should we want to be like Jesus? Why should we want to be more like Jesus? Well, I would say, first of all, in order for us to have a deep relationship with the Heavenly Father, we've got to have a relationship with His Son. We've got to be in good relationship with, with His Son. Let me tell you, I love my daughter so much as the kids run around, right? I love kids, and I love my daughter so much, but if you got beef with my daughter, you got beef with me. I'll tell you that right now. Now, if my daughter's acting up, of course, I'm talk to her, and we get her in her place, right? But if you just don't like my daughter for some reason, we need to have a conversation because if you want to have a relationship with me, you're not going to just disrespect my daughter, right? God the Father wants us to have a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And so in order for us, if we want to, uh, uh, why should we want to be like Jesus? Because God looks at, God the Father looks at us 
And when he looks at us, he wants to see his son. I have a distant cousin, distant cousin uh, and, and I call him Uncle Will. Anybody else run, have, a, have, have family? Like, like if it's somebody older than you in your family, you got to call him some kind of title. Right? You can't just call him Will, even though he's my cousin, but he's older than me. Anyway, Uncle Will uh, took me under his wing. When I was a teenager, I was 14 years old, Uncle Will took me under his wing, mentored me, he guided me, he led me, he, he taught me a whole lot of stuff. He taught me uh, uh, how to, to be a man. He taught me how to follow Jesus through his example. He was a great inspiration in my life. He accepted me just as I was with all my teenage baggage. But the more I followed him, the more I got to know him, the more I got to spend time with him, the deeper our relationship grew. I learned so much from Uncle Will about life. I learned so much from Uncle Will about how to follow Jesus. And guess what? The more time I spent with the teacher, the more like the teacher I became. And whatever he taught me, it became second nature. The more time I spent with him, the, the, the more I was doing everything that he was doing. I became an Uncle Will clone. The more time that we spend with the teacher, the more we will be like our teacher. The more time we spend with Jesus, the more we will look like Jesus. The more we will grow in this relationship with Jesus. Some other benefits of growing to be like Jesus is we have the Holy Spirit moving through our lives in miraculous ways. Not just for our behalf either. It's not all God come and bless me and do for me. You will see the Holy Spirit move on others' behalf through you. You will see more of the gifts of the Spirit flowing through your life. Love, joy, peace, self-control. Jesus. These things that he's promised as gifts of the Spirit. You will see a transformed life, a transformed future, the more time you spend with Jesus. If you and I become more like Jesus, this is one of the most phenomenal things. I know, I know for a fact that Jesus will come through and transform this city. If you and I become more like Jesus. You see, if we learn to, 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 to shine the light that Jesus has put on the inside of us, we will shine in the darkest corners of this city, and this city will be transformed. People's lives will be transformed. Poverty will be transformed. Homelessness will be transformed. All of the challenges that we see every day, they don't go away by us going in our car and getting in the car, and getting in our house. They're transformed by us being like Jesus. So you and I, there are plenty of benefits for us to be like Jesus. But my second question is, uh, what prevents us from being like Jesus? What prevents us from being like Jesus? Ask yourself that question. What prevents me from being like Jesus? As I examine uh, this text and I examine my own life, I'm like, man, the most important thing, the top thing that prevents me from being like Jesus is pride. 
I, you know, because all of us want to be in charge of our own lives. I want to call the shots. I want to be king. How many of you know there's only one king? And we have to submit our lives to that king. Did you know that Jesus even came to this earth and submitted his will to the Father? Jesus didn't come to earth and throw his weight around. Jesus didn't come around dictating, telling everybody what he was going to do, what's going to happen, all this kind of stuff. No, he actually, we just did communion. He, after that communion meal, what did he do? He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed and he was so stressed out that he sweat blood. And he asked God the Father, if it's your will, please take this cup from me. I don't want to go through this. I know what's coming. I know the pain that I'm about to feel because he knows all things. But if it's your will, Father, take this away from me. Yet not my will be done, but yours. We need to learn to submit our will to the Father. Because uh, I'm about to talk, give you my Easter message. But when we submit our will to the Father, guess what? There might be some pain that comes along with that. There might be some hurt. There might be death that comes along with that. But on the third day, guess what's going to happen? Life comes out of that submission. Jesus Christ didn't stay in the grave too long. Even though he submitted his will to the Father and the Father allowed him to go to death. He said it was finished. But he never said, I am finished. He got up from the grave with all power in his hands. Y'all get, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> Stick to the script, Gary. Stick to the script. What also prevents us from being more like Jesus? I, I believe that uh, we don't fully pursue Jesus because of fear. We don't pursue Jesus because there's a fear of the unknown. God, if I, if I do this thing that you're calling me to do, what's going to happen uh, with my family? What's gonna, God, you're calling me to go back to school? Say what? what what's going to happen with my job? What's going to happen with, with my income? God, if God calls you to do something, you better do it. Because guess what? He's a provider. If God is stirring something in you right now, all I can say is try it. God might be calling you to move out of the suburbs back into the city. Uh-oh. Because he wants your light to shine in the darkness. But you say, man, I'm too comfortable out here, God. I, I like the, the space that I have in my, my suburb. But he might be calling you to give up that, to put that on the cross. And say, watch what I do with it. When we give stuff over to Jesus, he does miraculous things with it. We have to learn to trust him, though. Third question, and get on out of here, is this. What can we do today to be more like Jesus? What can we do today to be more like Jesus? Uh, looking back at that text, Luke chapter 6, verse number 40. He says that we are to be like our teacher. So here's what we need to do. One, we need to aim higher. Aim higher. What are you aiming at with your life? What are you aiming at 
with your thoughts? What are you aiming at with your finances? What are you aiming at with your house? What are you aiming at with your children? What are you aiming at with your career? Guess what? Is it Jesus or is it something else? What are, you, what are you striving for? Ask yourself, am I aiming to be like Jesus in every area of my life? There's no goal higher than that of being like Jesus. Watch this. Whatever you aim for is what you'll be like. Let's read it again. He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Let's break it down. Listen, a disciple is an intentional follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Intentional, right? You don't just come, I go to church. He says, so what? The devil go to church. Y'all ain't know that? Yeah, he looking for who he going to pick out. He is like a roaring lion seeking. Oh, I can pick them off because they ain't really studying. They ain't really praying. Look at them. Look at them. Oh, I'm going to get them this week. Seeking whom he may devour. A disciple is an intentional follower of Jesus. Ask yourself, are you intentionally following Jesus in every area of your life? Are you intentionally following Jesus with your finances? Are you intentionally following Jesus with your speech? How you relate to other people? Your relationships? Are you intentionally following Jesus in your care for others? Your business practices? Using your gifts? He also says that you will be, when you are fully trained, You'll be like Jesus. You're fully trained. Now, I know some of us think that uh, that's why I'm trying to get this information. I'm trying to get this knowledge. I'm trying to, you know, go deeper with Jesus. I hear you. But that's not what he's saying here. If you go back to the Greek, the word fully trained means to be ethically or morally mature. It doesn't mean more head knowledge. It's what you're doing with it. Can you decipher between what's good and what's evil? Having a big head doesn't help you to do nothing but fall over. Everything that's in here has got to go through here. And if it doesn't go through here and out here, it's worthless. Head knowledge is worthless if you're not using it. He says you got to be fully trained. Uh, one person, I love to hear him speak about this. He's always talking about it. The Reverend Dr. William J. Barber, who's the leader of the Poor People's Campaign, he always, always, every time I hear him speak, he says we need a moral revival in this country. We are lacking in morality. We don't know what's good and evil because the politics that we follow, the, 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 the news channel we follow, the social media we follow, we pick and choose what we like. But are we deciphering what's good from evil? Remember I talked about in the beginning, we got a good bucket and a bad bucket. What are we going to keep? What are we going to throw away? We who are Christians... 
We must not be afraid to inject morality into every area of life. We can't be afraid of what other people are going to say. We need to be the injections the, 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 of morality in our school systems. We need to be the injection of morality into our politics. We need to be the injection of morality in our neighborhoods. We need to be the injection of morality in our church. Francis Chan tells this story. If you don't know Francis Chan, he's a pastor. Um, and he tells this story that I love. He says that um, he invited all of these preachers to come preach at his, at his church. And each one of them came. They were talking at different times about this guy named Vaughn. Vaughn was a youth pastor. And he's like, man, I got to get to meet this guy named Vaughn. He has had a tremendous impact on all of these people coming through my church. Because every one of those people said their lives were transformed when they met up with Vaughn. And so this guy named Vaughn transformed people's lives. Some people became missionaries because they had an encounter with Vaughn. Some people became pastors because they had an encounter with Vaughn. And this last person that talked to Francis, he said, uh, listen, I spent one day with Vaughn. One day. And we went on this missionary journey down to Mexico. We just crossed the border, and it was amazing. Vaughn just, he served the poor. He, he took clothes for the kids. He, he fed people. He cleaned people up. It was like the, the people would flock to him and hug on him and love him, and he would love them. And it was amazing. He said that it was so eerie because it was like being with Jesus. What a tremendous compliment. But that compliment, uh, I, that's okay, that's great for Vaughn, but I want to ask you, can anybody say that about you? My question for myself constantly is, do people look at me and see Jesus? Do people spend time with me and say, man, every time I hang out with Gary, he's loving that person. Every time I hang out with Gary, he's caring about somebody else. Every time I see Gary, he's thinking about how can I bless somebody else. Every time I'm with Gary, he's, he's just representing Jesus the Christ. Can people say that about me? Am I like Jesus? There's some space in my life that I need to work on. We all have room to grow. So how do we become like Jesus? I think we need to know Jesus. And there's a person in Scripture, I think, that relates to all of us uh, in his knowledge of Jesus. And, and this is uh, my friend, my dear friend named Peter. Y'all know Peter? I often call him Peppermint Socks Peter. Peter is the one who likes to keep his foot in his mouth. Peter! Impetuous Peter. Peter knew Jesus better than, I believe, almost anybody. Peter, James, and John knew, Peter, knew Jesus. They were his disciples. They were a part of his inner circle. They were the closest to Jesus. They spent three years with him. I believe that you could call that going to Jesus University. Peter learned Jesus. Peter was the one that Jesus told him, oh, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And when Jesus dies and God leaves Peter in charge, what does Peter do? He run away. He said, man, I got to get away from here. I can't deal with this. They took Jesus away. 
Peter, you're supposed to uphold this Christianity thing. You're supposed to go therefore and spread this gospel message to all people. Peter, Peter fell. We know that Peter denied Jesus Christ three times and cursed the little girl out on his way to doing it. Y'all read the scripture yourself. Cussed the little girl out. I'm like, Peter, don't you come around my daughter. Peter made so many mistakes, even though he knew and loved Jesus. Told him he'd go down with him. I'm with you to the end. I cut off people's ears for you, Jesus. But Peter, Peter, even though he was deconstructing his own faith, actually, if you read the scriptures, he actually goes back to his old lifestyle. His old way of living. He goes back to his old job. He leaves all that behind because he can't really decipher, figure out what this Jesus thing is about after Jesus then died and said he was going to take over everything. Jesus, what are you going to do? Jesus shows back up for Peter. And he tells Peter, he asks Peter a question, do you love me? John chapter 21, if you're interested. And he gives Peter another chance. He gives Peter another chance. You certainly have made some mistakes in your life. I will talk about me, have certainly fallen short of God's glory in my life. I've certainly fallen short and done things wrong and messed things up and said the wrong thing and hurt people and have done everything under the sun. But God gave me another chance. He gave me chance after chance. He gave me 32, 52, I'm probably on 105,000 million chances about right now. But he keeps giving me chance after chance, and he's giving you chance after chance. No matter what you have done, no matter how you've fallen short, no matter what you've done wrong, no matter how far from Jesus your life might look right now, as long as you are alive, you have another chance. And he wants you to take this chance, this opportunity today, before you leave here today, to be more like Jesus. Will you be more like Jesus? Will you examine your own life and say, God, where am I falling short? You know where you're falling short. I need to work on that. One thing at a time. One step at a time. Whatever you're going through, I want you to commit today. To say in that area of my life this week, I'm going to focus and I'm going to make that more like Jesus. Will you take a next step with me this week? I think it's important for us to aim for Jesus. It's important for us to trust Jesus and be trained by Jesus. But it's also important for us as we ended with knowing him a whole lot more. And a whole lot better. So this week, will you join me? I want to do a reading plan. If all of us can read the Gospel of Luke, just the Gospel of Luke. I'm not asking you to read from Genesis to Revelation. The Gospel of Luke. If you don't have a Bible, uh, uh, go to your mobile device and download the YouVersion Bible. Or any Bible. I don't care what version it is. Download the Bible. And this week... There's six more days left in the week. Let's do some quick math. There's 24 chapters in the book of Luke. You divide that up. That's what? Four chapters a day. You can read two chapters when you wake up, 
a chapter at lunch and a chapter before you go to bed, whatever you want to do. But let's read through because I believe that God wants to show us some things about Jesus, some character traits of Jesus as we read through the book of Luke. So would you read that with me this week? It's every day. Read a couple chapters, a few chapters of Luke. And then what you could do, you could really do this. Write down every time you see a character trait about Jesus. And then what you could do at the end of the week is actually look at that list and say, am I doing that? Do I look like this? Do I look like this Jesus that I'm trying to follow? If you're willing to do that, would you grab a Connect card? There's a Connect card right in front of you. Maybe you filled it out earlier today. Um, if you go ahead and fill that out, we're going to collect those at this time. Just write at the bottom where it says next step. Just write yes. Yes, I'm going to participate in that. I'm going to ask those people who are on the stair aisles, under your seat, on the stair aisles, there's a basket under your chair. Would you grab that basket from under your seat? Would you take your Connect card and put it in that basket? If you have offering, a tithe and offering that you want to give a physical gift, you can put it in that basket and pass it down the road as well. We'll have ushers come by and collect those. But Father, we're so grateful that you give us this opportunity to be more like you. Would you illuminate your character in the book of Luke as we read today and throughout the rest of this week? That we could take some time out of our busy schedule to learn how to be more like you. Would you inspire us? Would you direct us? Would you guide us? Would you prepare us for this life that is like Jesus?